And many of you know this is like a second home for me. Me and my wife and my son, we were coming to this church for about a year uh, before I was uh, called over to Mount Zion. So I feel at home here, amen, not necessarily a guest preacher per se. Uh, I feel at home, although I've never really been up here before, you know, other than earlier this year. Uh, but the fact that you invited me back to do this again, that says something. Either you were deaf last time I was here, <laughs> or you, I didn't do anything too offensive when I was here last time. So was, once again, it's so good to be here. It's good to see everybody with Mount Zion who traveled with me today. I know there are many things that you want to get together before tomorrow, and I'm holding you up right now. And I'll keep that in mind as I'm preaching this message. Amen. Let's look to the throne. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and mercy. We thank you, dear Lord, uh, for just sending your son. I pray, Father, that as I'm here, that I would represent you well. I pray, dear Lord, that your word would go forth, that someone would hear it, dear Lord, and their life will be changed because of the word. I thank you, dear Lord, for that word that became life. And that life became a payment. And that payment became our redeemer. So I thank you, dear Lord, for all that's wrapped up in this baby that we celebrate here tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray, give thanks. Amen. 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 You know, I'm willing to admit that I like some of the commercial aspects of Christmas. Uh, But there are parts of decorating that I just don't like. I can just do without parts of the decorating, right? You know, it's fun putting up all the decorations and people are singing and laughing when the decorations are going up and everybody wants to be involved. But when the thrill is gone, once Christmas is over, there's not so much of a thrill in taking down the decorations. And my apologies to local merchants. Once Amazon began to offer gift wrapping, that was a wrap for me. That was a game changer. Because I don't like shopping either. And my wife knows I do not like gift wrapping. I think it's a scam. (laughs) You put all this nice wrapping on the presents just for somebody to rip it up and throw it in the trash. So there are certain parts of decorating, certain parts of Christmas that I just don't like. And I'm not sure if it's true for you, but sometimes this time of year seems more stressful than merry. Going from store to store and preparing to receive guests or, or trying to go to someone else's home. You know, uh, and for some of us, this is the first Christmas that we have to spend, you know, with a loved one that we lost sometime this year. And with all the hustle and bustle surrounding Christmas, perhaps there may be something missing in Christmas. I know we as Christians like to say Jesus is the reason for the season. But as I shared with Mount Zion earlier today, he's not just the reason for this season. He's the reason for every day, every moment, every hour. So we don't need to stop saying Jesus is the reason. We just need to say it more. We need to say it all year long. Now, tomorrow morning at or whatever appointed time for your family, children will hurry to the tree to see the gifts they receive. And let's be honest, some of us adults are doing the same thing. We'll sit down tomorrow and we'll eat and we'll see how close we can get to the sin of gluttony. We'll hopefully reflect on the fact that a virgin gave birth 
to a baby. And his name is Emmanuel. But is there something else that we're missing in Christmas? So our title for this brief message here this evening is Xmas. What's missing in your Christmas? You know, some people get upset about the use of the letter X because they see it as a grand scheme to remove Christ from Christmas. Besides the Greek language explanation for the X, removing a few letters from a word can't remove Christ from Christmas. Forgetting what Christmas is about, that removes Christ from Christmas. But let's take a a quick trip through the Old Testament to uncover what might be missing in your Christmas, or before we discover what might be missing in your Christmas. And I love how the Holy Spirit works, because I believe Pastor John actually walked you through the Old Testament in his message today. And I actually prepared this message a couple weeks ago. And when I saw that, I'm just like, wow, I must be on the right track. If I'm following him, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Now, we saw, well, we'll look at Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So Adam and Eve, they tempted by Satan, sinned against God for the first time. God told Adam and Eve that the wages of, he told them the wages of their sin. And he turned to the serpent, Satan. And he gave us a hint of things to come. Eve's offspring, and in this particular text, it's the third person singular, so it is interpreted as he. At some point, he will strike Satan in the head, defeating the devil. Thousands of years before the birth of Christ, we hear he's coming. Moving to Isaiah 9 and 6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah is a prophet who lived 700 years before the birth of Christ, but God revealed a few things through him. In the future, a child is going to be born, and this is not an ordinary child. He will be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, everlasting father, and the prince of peace. Next, we see in Isaiah 7 and 14, which I alluded to a little bit earlier. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then lastly, we'll look at Micah 5 and 2. And it says, but you, O Bethlehem, uh, Ephrath, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall uh, come forth uh, for me one who is, is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. So now God is telling us where this Emmanuel will be born. He'll come as a baby, but he existed in the past. Looking at these scriptures, and, and of course there are many more foretelling the, forecoming, or foretelling the coming of the Messiah, perhaps one of the things that we are missing in our Christmas is amazement. We are no longer amazed at Christmas. I know last time I preached, I preached about how amazing is grace, so you probably think, does he preach anything that doesn't have amazing in it? <laughs> but everything about God is amazing, right? we've lost our amazement for Christmas. We put up the lights and forget what God has done to bring us Christmas. 
We go out late on Thanksgiving and or early on, on the day after to stand in long lines searching for, the, uh, for deals to buy presents for someone else and sometimes for ourselves. And we forget that Christmas means so much more. We get excited about seeing family. We, we are excited to see the faces of the loved ones to whom we've given what we think is the perfect gift. We, we, we get excited about the gifts that we receive. We may even get excited about Jesus on that day. But when we think about Emmanuel, it should cause some amazement. We've lost our amazement of the, incarc- the incarnation. It's amazing that God planned for thousands of years to send Jesus to be with us. It's amazing that God gave us gave clues to the whole world that he was about to take back what was his. We need to rediscover our amazement during Christmas. And there's three things that I'd like to point out before I take my seat. The first thing, we should be amazed that God would step into his own creation. John 1 and 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, the the word, the Son of God, took on human flesh and made his home among his creation. He showed us God. He showed us how to live in a world corrupted by sin. In him, we see a loving and faithful God. We see a creator coming to redeem his creation. Christmas is the time we have chosen to specifically uh, celebrate the amazing truth of the birth of Jesus, who didn't just come to dwell with us, but he came to die for us. The second thing, we should be amazed that Jesus entered the world as a nobody. Luke 2 and 7. It says, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. The redeemer of mankind traded a heavenly throne for an earthly barn. His first night was spent in a feeding trough for animals. God could have orchestrated the arrival of Jesus to be more along the lines of an emperor coming into a city. But when he comes... He comes as an unassuming baby. He comes as the most fragile being that we know of as humans. He could have lived like royalty, but he was born to a carpenter. He identifies with the lowest of the low, and because of that, he can offer help, comfort, and escape. Christmas is amazing Because it reminds us that Emmanuel entered into the world as a nobody so that he can identify with us and give us life eternal. The last thing before I take my seat. The third thing that we should be amazed is that God would think so much of us. Galatians 4, 4 through 5. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So at the precise moment he was supposed to arrive, Jesus entered into his creation. He came to free us. He came to provide a path of adoption. He came to pay a price for mankind that none of us could pay. 
What a strange way to save the world. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever so believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. But it didn't stop there. He says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. Are you missing amazement in your Christmas? Christmas is amazing because it's a reminder of a God who loves his creation so much that even though he didn't sever the relationship between us, he sent his son to reconcile us back to him. That's amazing to me. It's amazing because it reminds us that God kept his promise to send a redeemer. It's amazing because it reminds us that just as God was faithful to send him the first time, he'll be faithful to send him back again. But when he comes, are you focused on the tree and the lights and the gifts? Or do you remember the baby that was born to die for your sins? Merry Christmas. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you.